Wow, with that end. Because maybe this is what I believe in, I don't know. So, you later may be wondering, okay, if we have war with our end, why do we still have the end of the war? So, we want to consider some of the passages where you have these scriptures intermixed. War with our end, the end of the world. We want to find out which one is correct. You know, I would not want to belabor you with history, but when I mentioned the Max, I brought one good material that was done by a brother in the United States. And they call it the end of the world horse. In other words, men have been talking about the end of the world far back, 1830, just name it. And it will give you signs, it will give you things. And when earthquake happened, they will say, oh, that's the sign of the end of the world. And uh, when HIV came up, oh, this is one of the pestilence uh, to signal the end of the world. All manner of things keep coming. But I tell you something, friends. The world goes on. Amen. Uh, somebody wants to mention that to me. Say, look, Mighty 24. You see, a number of you have that book, Light in the World. You know, we did something on that. And then we still have another book we have not published yet, Mighty 24. I said, what about those walls? And Jesus said, walls are rumors of walls. Hey. Otherwise, see, even before the days of Abraham, there were walls. And Abraham even fought some too. Uh -huh. It was when he was coming back that he was blessed and uh, he paid tithe. Remember that? So, nothing new under the sun. So why not we just follow what God has to say? So can we turn to the book of Isaiah? Isaiah chapter 45. Let's start from there tonight. 45 verse 17. Let's see what he's going to say. Hallelujah. Isaiah 45 verse 17. Uh, what did he say? It's about Israel shall be saved in the Lord. Know that. In the Lord. With an everlasting salvation. Ye shall not be ashamed, nor confounded, war. What do you see there? Okay, forever and ever. Our war, what? Without end. Okay. War without end. He says, Israel shall be saved in the Lord. Now, that's a strong word if we want to go into it. To be saved in the Lord means that we we'll finally believe in Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. So, world without end. World without end. Now, don't forget this. You know, like I said last week, we have a lot of contradictions sometimes when we preach. We give the contradictions to the church. You know, when we talk about... Maybe you want to share the benediction and then we come to the place and say all that. Hmm? Forever and ever, war without end. Do we say so? Yeah. So, how can you say war without end and a benediction? And uh, you just preached before the benediction that the war is ending. That's a lot of contradiction. Amen. A lot of contradiction. And so we need to find out which wall is supposed to be ending and which one are you saying is not going to end. It's important. The young ones should know. It's important. The people who are growing up should know. And maybe they know these things. Maybe they didn't want to tell the church. But some of us have to say the truth. Amen. Okay. Um, I would like to check now. You see, Israel shall be saved in the Lord. Um, compare these scriptures, write them down. 
Isaiah 45 verse 25, Romans 11, uh, 25, what did I say? 25, okay, sorry. Isaiah 45, 25, uh, then Romans what? 11 what? 26, did I say 25? No, it's 26. Okay, you check them out later. We don't need to read that. But I want to look at this very word. The word without end, see, without end itself, I mean this word war rather, not the without end. The word war here uh, is olam in the Hebrew. And olam in Hebrew means time out of mind. Time out of mind, past or future. Past or what? Future. Or by implication, it means what? Eternity. You will. Time out of mind. He's talking about something you can figure out, something you can calculate. Okay? Now, we can always guess and make calculation, whatever, chronological, and I say, well, the world started some days and so on and so forth, fine. But that is the best your brain can calculate. We are talking about what you cannot calculate. Okay? That's the meaning of the word world here. So, when you say world without end, we are talking about, it's another one saying, you're talking about eternity. So, if Israel shall be saved in the Lord, it is a time you don't know. But all Israel shall be saved. Is that okay? You know, there's a brother that used this word, that is, uh, is a TBN or so. Ministers came together and they were talking about the end of the world, talking about the rapture and all of that. And there was this Jewish man that was among them, a Jewish believer that became a Christian. And he made a statement, said, well, one of the reasons why I can't subscribe to the rapture is because the Bible says all Israel shall be saved. And Israel all have not been saved. So if the rapture comes, that means so many Israelites are not going to be saved or raptured. So because of that alone, he's finding it difficult to believe in the theory of the rapture. And I think that's a very good word. Because the Bible says all Israel shall be saved. Now, since all Israel have not been saved, if the rapture should come, it means so many Israelites will go. They have not even believed yet. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? Okay. Now, so that is what the word wall here means. It means alam. Eh? O-W-L-A-M in the Hebrew. Alam. It means time out of mind i repeat it is something you can't calculate it's something you can't figure out either past or in the future now when you look at that again it tells you something when you begin to calculate maybe in the next five years what is going to end it's like you're not following the scripture because we are dealing with olam which it has to do with time out of mind it's something you can figure out it's something you can calculate are you following what I'm talking about? Which will either be past or future. Amen? Can we find a corresponding scripture in the New Testament? Can we turn to uh, 
Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians 3, let's see how it works. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at verse uh, 21. Now, here's the word. Uh, okay, just read it so that it can make some sense to you. From verse 20. Now, unto him that is able to do exceedingly above all that you will ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, war without end. And we all say, Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Now, there is something funny about this writer. The word war there, and without end, means the same thing in the Greek. And actually, it means ages. The word eon. War is eon. Without end is eon. So it's like, Apostle Paul seems to be a little bit confused as to the best way to express what he has in his mind. So it's like he's using the same word to express the depth of the thoughts of that revelation that the war cannot end. So he now says, war without end, eon, eon. And that is funny or strange, if you will. It's like saying eternity and eternity. Is that okay? Are you following what I'm talking about now? Fine. Okay. Now, let me see. Uh, it actually means, like I said, an age. Okay, so that because you're writing. An age. Huh? Uh, it also means perpetuality. Okay. Perpetual, perpetuity. Is that all right? Uh-huh. It's easy. And um, it means by extension, perpetuity, the war, especially Jewish or Messianic period, period. So you can say especially Jewish or Messianic. Messianic. Huh? It's Estia, period. You know, so these are the shades of the word or the shade of the meaning of this word. Uh, it also means uh, a cause or eternal cause or eternal, if you will. You know, remember the Bible tells us of the the priests that were always following their own cause in the temple. Remember that? Come on, are you there with me? Uh huh. So the cause, cause is like shift. I think that's what we call shift now. So the same thing as cause. Shift. You do your duty, you go out, somebody comes in, out of that. So within those periods, it's a cause. So it's like a period of time. So that's what the word age, you know? Age or time period. And so, if you want to bring it to a very simpler form, I think that's the best thing. Maybe you have security guards that are working on a particular place. You understand that? Okay, it's possible that they work maybe um, three weeks and the month. And then they go on all for one week. Are you listening? Okay, within that period, uh, that three weeks, that is a cause. Is that all right? 
That is their course. That is their unit. Now it's like an age. It's like a period. So you find the aeon to mean an age or a course or perpetuity. Like we're talking about now, something that continues for a period of time. Especially the Jewish or Messianic era or period. So that's the word. Now, with the key thing I want you to understand is Paul is saying war without end and using the same word aeon aeon. And that is because of the intensity of what he wanted to express. He wanted to deal with the fact that the war is not ending. All the ages in which... Now remember, now look at the scripture again. See, unto him, unto who? Unto Christ, be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout what? All ages, war without end. So, what is actually dealing with now is like saying the reign of Christ or that which Christ is doing is for eternity. The glory he reveals to the church. Hallelujah. Are you following it? So, when in our, our brethren are praying and they say, war with our end, this is what they are actually making reference to. But it's just that they are not getting stuck to it. They are not getting stuck to it. They are not... Taking it to heart because they are confused about some other scriptures that seem to contradict this scripture. And maybe they want to preach the whole gospel, the whole truth anyway. So let's see to the other aspect of the use of the word war as dealing in the King James. And see whether it agrees with what we are dealing with. Now turn with me to Matthew 24. Matthew 24 verse 14. That's the key that is exactly one of the very major portions, I believe, uh, that my brethren in the eschatological schools are good at using. So he says, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, then shall the end come. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, what end is coming here? And again, what war? Now, the word war here is not is What's crazy language here? Okay, or kumene or something like that. It sounds like an thing anyway. Okay, or kumene or something like that. Okay, and it means land. That's the terrain. I'm going to show you the word that is ending here. Land, the terrain, huh? Uh, you can say part of the globe. You will. And um, it also means specifically, or if you will, especially when we say part of the especially the Roman Empire. And this is very interesting. This is very interesting. The Roman Empire, uh, it means art, it means the world, if you will. Art here is not talking of a sense of the globe now. But let me show you two scriptures to prove that this Okumene has nothing to do with the globe in terms of the terrain. When we talk about the world, the trees, and all of those stuff. As a planet, it's not dealing with the world as a planet. Can we please turn to the book of um, Romans? 1, 7 to 8. Just check that out. And then you also look at 
I actually love this. When I got this, uh, it struck me so strong, man. I'll get there. Check that out, and then let's uh, look. We're going to read that. And so we look at also Act 11, 19. Okay, let's begin to read, and we find out a few questions. Romans, are we doing Romans chapter 1? We're looking at the Okumene. The world that is ending, which the gospel must get into, then there has to be an end. What world is this? Okay. Okumena is not the same thing as Olam, it's not the same thing as Aeon. Okay, are you there with me? Look at verse 7 to 8. To all that be in Rome. Now don't forget, Paul was writing this in AD 56. Between 56 and 58, he was writing this later. He was writing to the believers in Rome, the saints, so you can find the world there. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at that. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. Who is the all here? The saints. Eh? That your faith is spoken of throughout what? Kai. Now watch this. He was writing to a group of people and he's saying their faith is being spoken of throughout what? the whole world. But the point is, I don't think over here in Africa, that when he was writing this, we had anything about anybody being a good saint in Rome. Is that alright? Come on, are you following what I'm talking about now? Fine. He was writing to the saints in Rome and he said, your faith is being spoken of in all the world. And see, I'm trying to make you see this so that you can see the implication of this word, especially what the Roman Empire as the meaning of oikulume or ekumene. Now go to the book of Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Look at this. Are we there? And it came to pass in those days. And there went out a decree from who? Caesar Augustus. That all the world should be taxed. <laughs> and this taxing was first made when Cyrenus was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was a house and lineage. Oh, David, is that okay? Are you getting this now? They move because of tax, and the Bible says all the world. Now you must understand when he used the word all the world, he was talking about wherever the territory of the Roman Empire was that he, Augustus Caesar, was in charge. Nothing beyond that. I don't think an African man paid tax to Augustus Caesar. So you find that the word here excludes other nations. As a matter of fact, it is only based on where the Roman government had power. So what Jesus was speaking in Matthew, now let's read another scripture. Acts chapter 11. Acts 11, look at verse 19. Am I correct? Let me see if that's exactly what I'm looking for. Wow, wow, wow. I don't think. Uh, now, what I was looking for was actually. Mm -hmm. 
don't know if I can find it, but some other time you search that for yourself. He was talking about um, the worship of Diana, that the whole world was worshiping or something like that. I don't know if you can pick it up very quickly. I find something there. Hmm? Act 19. 1927, but we're still going to come back to this because I just find just revelation there for me now. Act 1927, you're right. Uh, fine, 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 fine. Okay, join that Act 1927. But this one has some beautiful things for me right now, too. Act 1927, okay? This uh, Diana worship, Goddess Diana, all right? But see, okay, first let's look at that. Act 1927. Seven. So that not only this our craft is in danger to be set at naught, but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana shall be despised and her magnificence shall be destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worship. Whenever I worship Diana, God this way. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you following what I'm saying now? But the key word there is the whole world worship goddess Diana. And that means uh, it's not better fault. Now, if you watch this. That same Act 11:19, there is something there that is important. Look, now they which were scattered abroad, I think that's the key thing there, upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenix, out of Phoenix, and Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the world to none but unto the Jews only. Now, this is very important. I just got a revelation on that. See what it means. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, then the end shall come. What is it? It means, wherever there is a Jewish people within the realm of the Roman Empire marks the end of the world. I don't know if you catch what I've just said there. Huh? Hallelujah. Now the Jews were scattered. Wherever there was a Jewish person, that's the end of the war. The gospel was strictly for the Jews in the beginning. So when he said, the gospel of the kingdom, remember, that mighty 24 was speaking about the destruction of the temple and all of those stuff. Now they are going to be scattered, but even if they are scattered, what he taught them was going to reach them. Remember this is going to be after the resurrection. Of Jesus Christ. I remember he said this thing before he went to the cross. And even after the cross there was still the temple worship. Before the Roman soldiers came in. Luke 21. Is that okay? Fine. So wherever the Jewish people went to. The Bible said the gospel was going to get to them. Before finally the temple was destroyed in AD 21. I mean AD 17. Do you understand what I mean now? So here we find Stephen doing exactly what Jesus said. Moving to. Now look at the key. I don't know if you saw it there. Look at the key. He said, To none but unto the Jews only. There was a target as to whom this gospel was going to be preached to. Are you following it? Come on, come on, come on. Are you there with me? I want you to catch it because that was the key thing. Stephen was preaching to only the Jews only. And he was preaching the gospel of the kingdom. How many of you understand that? So wherever there was a Jew, the gospel was going to get to them before the temple was going to be destroyed in AD 70. Like we said, uh, the book of Rome, or the book of Romans, uh, was written around 56 to 58 uh, AD. Is that okay? And then the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed in about what? AD 70. Okay? 
Come on, are you there with me? Okay, if we take away this, we'll have almost how many years? About 20 years. You see what I mean? So within these 20 years, this gospel of the kingdom was going to go around to wherever there is a Jewish person before the destruction of the temple in AD 70. You get the picture now? Come on, are you done with me? We're dealing with the word, what? Okumene. Is that alright? Come on, are you done with me? I want you to understand. We have dealt with two words. The first word was what? Olam. Huh? Or Aeon in the Greek. Is that alright? But Olam, word which I end, I repeat, means time out of mind. You can't imagine it. You can't picture it. You can't calculate it. That's all I'm. Amen. Amen. Okay. Now let's progress. If you have picked that, let's progress. Oh, I love this man. This good stuff. It's nice. Okay. Add it to your study. Yeah? Okay. Let's get down to another word. And we're going to use now. Hey. Okay. Let's get down to Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27. Hebrew 9, okay, we look at 26 rather instead of 27. Now, look at this. Are you done? Hebrews 9 and 26. Hallelujah. Uh, remember, this has to do with the priesthood ministry of Jesus. Is that alright? And he said... For them, okay, can you go back a little bit to 20, 24? Let's recollect from 24 to 26. Huh? 24 to 26. Look at what he said. For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are the figure of the true. Hey, thank you, Lord. But unto heaven itself, not to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as a high priest entered into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world had he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Hallelujah. The end, the end. Check this word, the end. That's very important to us. I will explain it. Now, you see, two words I use there. The end of the world. The first one is suntelia. Oh, what is it? Something that. And this one is aeon, again. The end. Of the war, Sontelia. Okay? The end, just that place, the end of the war. And that word is very, very important in the course of this study. It means entire completion. You already know the meaning of aeon, age. Is that okay? Entire completion. Entire completion. And it also means consummation of a dispensation. And that is also nice. Consummation of what? 
a dispensation. Okay. Now that is sweet. So watch this. It says, if I have to read it, now once in the consummation of dispensation of the age, if you will, now. Because you see, here we are talking about age as well. Is that okay? So what age ended? It means we are talking about an age ended when Christ entered into the most holy place. Are you following this now? Good. So what age ended? Of course, the age that ended is the age of what? Sacrifices and the Jewish rituals. The age that ended Huh? Okay. Is of what? The Jewish sacrifices that they were offering perpetually. It ended. So when you say the end of the world, you should be able to define exactly what you mean. So if you say where well, the world ends, I would rather find out from you which of the world do you mean? Are you talking of the Santalia of the Aeon? Or are you talking about the Aeon of the Aeon? Which one do you mean? Or the Okumene? <laughs> the Okumene sure ended long ago. The Santalia of the Aeon ended when Christ came. Are you following this now? Now this is what you see again. If you check... Galatians 4 and verse 4. That you talk about when it was the fullness of time, God sent forth. Fullness of time means the time for the dispensation of this age of the sacrifices was come. God sent forward his son. Born of a woman. Can you see the picture now? Are you following that? Hello? Okay, so that's that. Now, I want to show you another interesting scripture. Another interesting scripture that will guide you. Look at 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. That one is another interesting scripture about this. Um, chapter 10. And uh, let's look at this. Hey, glory. Now, look at verse 1. More of our brethren? Okay. Just in case you're going to write. First Corinthians, what did I say? 10. Let's look at 1 and 11 only. More of our brethren, I will not have you that you be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all them. All passed through the sea and put the two together and we all baptized unto who? Unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Hey, they were baptized into a person. Hmm? Amen. Okay, now move to verse 11. Now, all this, oh, you want to read the story? You know, the Bible said they were drinking and all of those stuff and all that. Eh? Okay, verse 11. Now, all these things happened unto them for an example, and they are written for an admonition upon whom? Look at that. The ends of the world are come. The end. That is another word, tell us. The age. Okay. But the Greek word for that is telos. Which means to set out for a definite period or goal. 
Very interesting. Huh? Uh-huh. To set out for what? A definite definite what? Period or goal. Hallelujah. And I'm going to explain something on that. Uh, it means the point aimed at The point aimed at. Point aimed at. Huh? It also means um, age or limit. Age or limit. The conclusion of an act or state. And I think I like that more. The conclusion. Conclusion of what? An act or what? State. Ha. Glory. You get this? Okay, let's begin to look at these definitions. Now, that one is different. Remember, what have we got here? We are defining what? Tell us. Okay. Now, watch this. So, tell us means the conclusion. So, when the Bible says, in that verse 11, and he said, Now all these things happen unto them, for an example, that they are written for admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. He's talking about the conclusion of an act or state, by implication, the conclusion of what God sets forth to do as a goal by which he uses the word. You go back to Galatians, he said, Those, uh, He's talking about the servant that is not better, I mean, an heir that is not better than a servant that see under the element or tutors. Remember that? Good. Now, the tutors had a goal set by God for them, and it comes to a place it got to stop. Now, what the Bible is making us understand is this every ritual of the Jews had a goal, had a time period. It was an act that was ushering us onto a particular point in God's dealing with humanity and his God to stop. And God is saying, while they were in that state, this is how they live, and everything that happened to them was an example unto us, and that their age or state have done what? Ended. We are now in another state, so what he's trying to say, may we not act in this state like the acted on the other side. Is that okay with us? Hallelujah. Now, so, see, the word tell us is very close in meaning to the word what? Suntelia. You understand it now? Now, this is dealing with the sacrifices and this is dealing with the existence of a particular state. Now, you must understand the state of Israel cannot exist without the temple. Is that alright? They can't talk about Yahweh without the worship of Yahweh in the temple through the sacrifices. So, in Hebrews, Jesus came in and put an end to it then because the end came in or what did we say? The consummation of that dispensation of sacrifices in the temple, then of course the state also that we're making use of those sacrifices have also to do what? Come to an end. So in the mind of God, sorry to say there is not a Jewish state for the moment. Do you understand what I'm talking about? To God, the Jewish state ended when Jesus entered the most holy place 
And when the temple was destroyed in AD 70. Listen to me. How can you have a Jewish state without a high priest? It was not possible and it just can't be possible. And how do you have to have a high priest except you trace their genealogy from Aaron? You are not allowed to minister unless you follow the genealogy of Aaron. Who is there to trace his genealogy from Aaron to become the grand, 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 great grandson of Aaron? Then he will now assume the office of us of the high priest. Then we can have another Jewish state. Are you following that? But Paul wrote clearly that this state or the acts itself have ended. See, you must understand when they were writing, they select words that could convey in the mind or to the mind what the spirit was saying at that moment. So when he said the consummation of an act or state, then we can certainly see he's talking about the end of the Jewish state as as a body with their acts as far as the mind of God is concerned. All these things were set forth as a goal at a point aimed at something. What was the aim? To bring man close to when Christ will come and finish off what those things represented. So if Christ has come to finish what those things represented, we can go back to do those things. By implication, if it is a dispensation, God has left that dispensation into what? Another dispensation. Now you can see Jesus was using the same word in mighty chapter 12. And he said, if you sin against the Holy Ghost, you will not be forgiven now, neither in the age to come. What was he talking about? It's just a period of while he was ministering and when he would go to the cross. This is one age and that is another age. If you check other scripture, you're going to see war. Neither in this war, neither in the war to come. Have you read that before? Can we look at it again? Mighty 12. Hallelujah. Hey. Um, where are we? Mighty 12. Wow. Okay. Verse 31. I read. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him. Neither in this world, neither in the world to come. What do you find in your translation? In the age. See, so what age was he dealing with? Right in that age, he was using the Holy Spirit ministry. And it's the Holy Spirit that gives you salvation. The Holy Spirit that brings conviction of sin to your life. God speaks to you through the Holy Spirit. He was doing signs and wonders through the Holy Spirit. And the people say, hey, this man is using the spirit of what? Of Benzebub. And he said, well, if you don't believe now, it means there is no way you can come to the place of repentance. Because the Holy Spirit is now working. He is out here to deliver you. If you reject him today, when it is the fullness of the time, if you will, of the Holy Spirit, you will still not be able to do what? To believe. The truth is this, what Jesus was saying is it, it's not a sin against, you know, sometimes he said uh, unpardonable sin, you know, we've read about unpardonable sin. Have you read that? In the book of First John, say if a man sin is sin that is not forgivable or pardonable or something. So we talk about unpardonable sin. I don't know which one is unpardonable sin. Is it murder? I don't know. <laughs> so you see, now, 
I think they were trying to make reference to this. But the point is this. The day you confess that Jesus is Lord, your sins are forgiven. Why? Because the Bible says, at the name of Jesus, all names must bow, all tongues must confess that Jesus is Lord. And say, no man can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Ghost. So the day you say Jesus is Lord and the Holy Ghost convince you your sins are forgiven in this age and in the age to come. I don't know if you understand what I mean by that. So what is our challenge saying is you are only trying to say the Holy Ghost is not at work. And because you reject the Holy Spirit, there is no way you can come to confess that Jesus is Lord. And so people say, well, Jesus is of Nazareth. That is exactly what he's saying. And as long as you keep saying Jesus is of Nazareth, there is no way you can come to the place of salvation. One more scripture and we'll close. Just on the Holy Ghost there in terms of the age and age. John, uh, can we look at John 16 now? John 16. Just to back up what I've said. Are we there? John 16 was the promise of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at verse 7. Verse 7. Are you done with me? Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Are you there? And when he has come, he will reprove the wall of sin. Watch this. He will reprove the wall of sin. Are you there? And of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not in me. Who is doing that? The Holy Spirit. Of righteousness because I go to my father and you do what? You see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. So you see, watch this. Three things the Holy Spirit does. What's the first thing? Come on, are you done with me? Verse 9. Huh? He said he would convince the world of what? If I would reprove the wall of what? Of sin. Because they believe not in me. As at that time he was saying, well, you see, you're using the spirit of Bezebub. Is that okay? You are not Jesus. You are not any. You, are not, you can't give salvation. Okay, now the next thing he's going to do is to do what? Okay. What will he do of righteousness? He will reprove the wall of what? Of righteousness. By implication, what he's saying, it is through the Holy Spirit you come to the place of righteousness. He chose you what to do, to do the things that are right. How many of you understand what we, when we spoke on God's righteousness? Amen? Okay. So there's the righteousness of God and the righteousness of men. Is that alright? And then the last thing the Holy Spirit will do there is say, well, of judgment. What judgment? Because the prince of this world is being judged. And he said that he might dwell. If I cast out... The devil, by what? By the spirit, that's the judgment. In what the Holy Spirit is doing, as a Jewish man, how can you pass through these experiences? Of being reproved of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. You can't experience them. And that is what Jesus meant when he said, If you don't believe now, you can't. Neither in the age, neither in the age to come. Because it is the same Holy Spirit that was walking then, that is walking now. Is that okay? So when he said the end of the world, listen closely again, you must understand. The globe is not what God is talking about. It's not what he has in mind that he's talking about. Because if you're talking about the in time that is out of mind, is something you can calculate. God is just walking on and on. You can't know how long and how old God is. How many of you know how old God is right here? Alright. So time space is something you can. It's a time continuum. It's something you can't figure out. Amen? Amen. So we have war without aim. Talking about eternity, all that God has in mind to do, something you can figure out. Your mind can bring it out. Then we talk about the aeon. That is war without end as well. Ephesians 2 and verse 21. Talking about age, especially the Jewish majority period, the cause. 
particular period of time. Is that all right? Okay, then Matthew 24, we talk about the Okumene, which has to do with the Roman Empire. Wherever the Roman Empire was, and the, especially remember, the connection of that also is very important. You know, in the book of Daniel, chapter 2, verse 44, the Bible says, In the days of the king shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom. Is that okay? Which cannot be moved and shall not be given to other people, but shall be given to the saints of the Most High. So understand something. In the days of this king, which kings? We talk about the the Babylon Empire, we talk about Medopatia, talk about Greece, talk about Rome. Now Jesus was born in the time the Roman Empire was in place. That's why Pilate, who was a governor, has to try him under the Roman Empire. In the book of John chapter 18, he asked him the question, are you a king of the Jews? Now, that was to say, man, you are a threat to Caesar if you actually begin to rise as a king of the Jews. That means the Jews will no longer pay tribute to Caesar. So tell me are you a king of the Jews? That's the meaning. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Okay. So, you must understand that in particular. So, that has to do with why we can read that in the days of Augustus Caesar, the whole world, which has to do with the Roman Empire, was what? Taxed. And Jesus' parents have to move to Bethlehem and wherever to go and pay their tax. So wherever the Jewish setting was, and that is why we also read of Stephen in Act 19 verse, uh, I mean 11 verse 19, going around all the nations where Jewish people were, so that they can fulfill Matthew 24 verse 14, that wherever there is a Jewish man, the gospel of the kingdom must be preached before the temple will come down. And when the temple came down, we now find Hebrews chapter 9, there is no more sacrifices. Jesus ended all of those things that becomes the sole teller of that particular dispensation. And again we conclude by saying in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse number 11, the tell us everything that was done was set forth as a goal to mark out a particular time or act or state. And so we say the state of Israel in the economy of God ended when Jesus entered the most holy place and become a high priest. Praise the Lord.